0: I'm Jeff Cook and I'm TJ Wilson, and this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly, I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to
1: run.
0: I'm letting go, of lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram. Is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us. The Enneagram helps us look at the way that we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, pastor, and writer in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. My man. What's up? We are wrapping up our deep dive into relationships. Yeah. We have talked about friendships, but today we are talking about how we get affection mm-hmm. from others. Yep. Now, that can be through friendships. That can be through loving relationships. That can be through our caregivers. Um, but to start things out, yeah, I would love to talk about romance. Okay. Because you know me. Yeah. This is my
2: favorite topic <laughs> you're just this is you're well versed in the in the subject
0: of romance Man, and i have, it makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> although my beautiful bride is uh, is my favorite person in the world uh so speaking about romance yeah. there are movies about romance i have heard yeah do you have a favorite romantic comedy
2: uh i it it would probably be hard for me i could probably easily do a top five. So, okay. I did a top five. Okay, great. Perfect. Let's do our top five. A top five. Uh, the one that I know the best. Yeah. Notting Hill.
0: Is that the one? Is that with Julia Roberts? Julia
2: Roberts and Hugh Grant. Yeah.
0: Okay, I saw that one. I've seen this movie.
2: So I this is one of the movies <laughs> that I know so well that it actually helps me fall asleep.
0: <laughs> She's famous. He's an average but he's like a yes. bookseller, yep. yeah.
2: Yeah, he owns a travel book shop.
0: And he has a great best friend.
2: He has several great best friends yeah. in this film. Of it's, all things, I know the those cast people. Of characters are fantastic. You know this person. Oh, yeah. That
0: person with the best friends Just, that look like that.
2: Yep, the average guy Yes, with the average friends.
0: And so famous... Worldwide famous, yeah. uh, beautiful
2: woman yeah. steps into his life. Yeah. Julia Roberts basically playing Julia Roberts. <laughs> right, <laughs> <Yeah. That's>
0: spectacular. <laughs> Mine was Tootsie. My number one. I love Tootsie. It okay,
2: is that's fair.
0: Yeah. I I w- I went to my favorite website, which is Ranker. Yeah. Um, you'll like this. Um, it it doesn't rank very high on many of the categories, mm-hmm. and I was really surprised. It was like number. 25 on romantic comedies. And I was sure. like, really? I love Tootsie. The ending of Tootsie is one of the best endings to a comedy there is. It did rank highly in one category, which was cross-dressing movies. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and it got second place to which one?
2: To To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, <laughs> Julie Newman.
0: I thought you were you would definitely say Rocky Horror. Uh, okay, I
2: I feel like Rocky Horror is is. It it doesn't fit in the cross dressing category. What? Because it's about so much more than that.
0: Okay. Well, me. So here's the thing. I've I've only saw snippets of Rocky Horror. I have okay. not got the guts up is, to yeah. watch <sighs> all of Rocky Horror, which Holy is going to cow, break TJ's is... heart. <laughs> My second place uh, romantic comedy was The Princess Bride. Okay. You got. Uh, what was That's yours fair. after? What was your first one? A uh, Notting Hill. That's right. Yeah. I've probably
2: put love actually as my huh. second.
0: So you're going to, you're going to just start throwing things at me. I've never oh, seen the movie. <laughs> I know that There's I'm supposed to have seen so this movie. so much
2: about that movie that is glorious. Remind
0: me of who is in it.
2: Everyone. Everyone. Everyone is in it. Okay. It's not every, it's uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson. The rock. The rock is not in <laughs> it. It is not an action <laughs> comedy. Uh, uh, he, uh, Hugh Grant again.
0: <laughs> Are you just a Hugh Grant fan? Uh,
2: I'm, I'm actually not. Four there's a lot of stuff funeral? That I hate him in, uh, but Notting Hill and Love Actually just mess me up. Uh, Martin Freeman's in it. I like Martin Freeman, yeah. Got uh, you gotta throw a hobbit in, Laura Linney, and
0: there's a bunch of people in that movie. It's mm-hmm. great. You should Come on. see it.
2: it's a Christmas movie, it's
0: a Christmas but it's a rom com first, but so. Princess Bride, I I should put his number one, but I love Tootsie so much. I went with the Princess Bride. Sure. Or I went with Tootsie. I get but, that. But uh, that's, uh, I mean, everything that, what's the, the director's name? Shoot. Uh, uh, his dad's real famous and he's bald and he did, he was in Sleepless in Seattle. Is that a Rob Reiner film? Yeah. Rob Reiner. All right. So you got a number three.
2: Uh, I would go with can't hardly wait. What is this? It's more of a party movie from the like nineties. Is that like a high school? Yeah. Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, Okay. He's been in love with a girl since she first showed up at the school and he's never told her because she immediately started dating the quarterback and, She finally breaks up with the quarterback and like right before the senior party. And he has this letter that he's written to her and he wants to give it to her. And it's a whole thing. It's a ridiculous, (laughs) terrible movie, but it's sort of like a 90s version of The Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. It's not really. Empire Records is a 90s version of The Breakfast Club. (laughs) That's
0: true. My number three was Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, Groundhog Day. <laughs> but Groundhog Day, which two of my favorite movies have the same premise. Very different movies. Uh-huh. Groundhog Day. You repeat the same day over and over again. My other favorite movie is uh, The Edge of Tomorrow.
2: Yeah, which is repeat over, over and over again. And over and over
0: again. Okay. For both, you know, Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow. Both of them are about. It's not about the day changing. The day is the same. Can Bill Murray change? Right. You know, and Tom Cruise is the same. It's like, yeah. can Tom Cruise? Can, it's so good. Anyway, uh, you're number four.
2: Uh I would... Uh, how about The Wedding Singer? I love The Wedding
0: Singer. We talked about The Wedding Singer recently. Absolutely. Just... That movie is stunning. Every time my wife and I, or I, mm-hmm. hit something with our car, yeah, we just yell out, it was a cone! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> Which great. was normally a little bit more severe than that, but... Uh, wedding Singer. It's tell actually me, not a cone. Who's <laughs> <That's right. laughs> a cone? Tell me what you love about the Wedding Singer.
2: Uh, in general, the chemistry between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore is just—it's just good, and it—it's—it's—it's it's, it's enjoyable chemistry. Yeah. And the perfectly positioning this film in the '80s in the way that yeah. they do is is Great,
0: all the 80s callbacks in that movie yep. are hilarious. Awesome. The boyfriend, who's just a terrible human being, is dressed like Don Johnson and yep. has a DeLorean. Yeah, and I bought the CD player, it's supposed to have really high quality. Yeah. It was like $900. <laughs> was $900 great, <laughs> just great jokes. Uh, my number four was When Harry Met Sally, yeah, uh, just classic, yep, legit classic, yeah, Billy Crystal at the height of his, he's, he's uh, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. That's a good combination. Yep. You wouldn't get, sure. I wouldn't have guessed that.
2: Yeah. But it works really, really it well. It works so
0: well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could probably just stop with number four. It's good. We're going to go for, we're going to apparently talk about this for way too long. But my number five was Roxanne. Quick, quick number
2: five. A weird movie that nobody's ever heard of called A Life Less Ordinary.
0: Yeah. I haven't heard of this. Yeah.
2: you uh, and McGregor and, Cameron Diaz.
0: Oh, really? Right?
2: Yeah. Come on. It's and nobody's heard of this movie. So because it's really, really weird. Okay. It's very weird, and I love it. Huh? So, there you go. Yep.
0: All right. Well, do we have a movie podcast, or do we talk about other things? <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about the enneagram, <laughs> this this podcast is called Around the Circle, and what we do is uh, here is the thing: the enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle. And here we pick a topic and we go around the circle. And today we are talking about relationships and how we seek love. We have divided all of the heart, body, and mind triads up into three other triads. Mm -hmm. So we started this talking about stances. Mm -hmm. And we last time we talked about coping styles And this is the last of the three possible combinations. Mm-hmm. And of all things, there is a fantastic thread that weaves through um, three triads that we're going to talk about today, which many have begun calling the affect groups. And that's yeah. the name that we're going to stick with. And be, we're going with the affect groups because these are about affection mm-hmm. and uh one one writer says that affect groups reveal the unconscious emotional background that we bring to relationships and so how we navigate relationships is all over these three triads and so in order to get into this i want to do a quick through on why we get rid of our cars Great. When it's time to get a new car, or perhaps when it's time to get a new phone, perhaps when it's time to get a new house, mm-hmm. why do each of the types get rid of their car? Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to see, I think, one of the things that we're going to talk about a lot yeah. through the rest, through that through that one question. So, for example, the first triad, uh, we're going to call the pragmatists. Uh, pragmatists attached to things that work. Threes, sixes, and nines. Threes. When a three gets rid of a car, yeah, why are they getting rid of their car?
2: Uh, because it is no longer noteworthy.
0: I imagine that that would be a thing. Like you see, as a three, you see the new car that's come out. Yeah, If I just bought that, it would give me the attention that I really crave. I have an aggressive personality. I'm going to go get that new car. It'll be good. Yeah, Sixes are different, though. Yeah. Why are sixes getting rid of their car?
2: Because it's no longer the safest option.
0: And it's again, there's an attachment taking place. I'm attaching to a car that's going to make me safe. And when it no longer makes me safe, I'm done with you. I'm going somewhere else. Right. Get right. the new car. Yeah. Nines. Nines, likewise, are going to attach to... Well, tell me about nines getting rid of their cars.
2: Uh, well, it'll have to do with, like, no longer being comfortable in that vehicle.
0: Yeah yeah is it not so you say comfort it's not about control not about um what's the difference between control and
2: comfort? well it's so so thinking about like like realistically most people will get rid of their cars when their car stops working but these are these are filters through like how we think about why we get rid of those cars and so like like for nines, it is about comfort. It's also about control, but like we'll hang on to things way longer than it being the best possible vehicle mm. because it is comfortable for us, like we know how it works, we know what things are wrong with it, what things are aren't going to work, like we know how to get from here to there, and we're comfortable in this space, and we don't like change.
0: I was reading a Quote about in, in Rocky where, where his trainer says, Why are you, why are you wearing that ugly shirt? And he says, It brings me luck. And the trainer yeah. goes, It brings you flies. And yeah. that's <laughs> it's it's
2: because <laughs> it's what he's used to. And he's it's comfortable in <laughs> it. <laughs> and the a- only reason he's going to get rid of it is because it literally can't stay on anymore. And even then, he's probably going to put it in a box and keep it
0: forever. So here's a place. Uh, I would love you to focus for two seconds on this. We are bringing up the basic desires of the three um, intelligence centers. Mm-hmm. The three wants attention. Yep. That's a basic desire for twos, three, and fours. Yeah. The um, six desires security. That's the basic desire for five, sixes, and sevens. The head ty- types, um, and nines desire. Control, comfort, the autonomy over their yeah. space. Yep. That's the basic desire for eights, nines, and ones. Yeah. That's going to play out through a lot of these. So the you have the three sixes and nines attached to things that work. Moving to the next triad, mm-hmm. which we're going to call the idealists. Um, idealists, when they get rid of a car, it's going to be slightly different. A one, getting rid of a car looks like what?
2: uh reaching a tipping point of frustration to value
0: yeah talk about that so
2: like when when the vehicle causes more frustration than it brings value the one will be done with it yep it's not serving its purpose anymore it's not doing the best job it can do we need to move on
0: that frustration is the big uh Word there that's yeah. gonna tie this uh these three ones fours and sevens together. When a seven gets rid of a car, what's that look like?
2: It's about that that vehicle not off offering the opportunity that they're to to do the things that they're trying to do.
0: Got an adventure? I want to go on. Yeah, car's not gonna get me there. Or Time to get a new car.
2: Uh It's I need to. I, i I need to be delivering something for my new job, and so I need to get a new car that's going to be able to accommodate my deliveries, so I'm just gonna get rid of the old one and get something new that'll do what I needed to do for the next thing I'm going to yeah
0: yeah Fours differently How are fours frustrated by the they have the old car they get rid of it Is
2: uh it'll it'll have a lot to do with like it not being special enough, right, yeah. So the idealism there plays heavily into all three of these, but we see it in the four of, like, this... I imagine some kind of, like, magical scenario where this vehicle is something that it never could possibly be. And so I'll move on to... The next thing looking for.
0: My parents gave me the El Camino. Yeah. And I was driving that sucker around and just loving life. Yeah. And then everybody started driving El Camino. El
2: Caminos became cool, <laughs> and I'm
0: just <laughs> out the window Fine. with the El Camino. I'll get something else now. Like I'm gonna get a Honda. Yeah. <laughs> said no forever. <laughs> or at least the parents said, would afford buy a Honda.
2: I don't know that they would intentionally buy one that wasn't the exact right circumstance. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Here it goes. So there is there are ideals there in terms of the attention one craves, mm-hmm. in terms of the um, security one craves. We'll talk about uh, ideals and security with a seven real quick.
2: So it's uh, their security is about the the opportunity. So they they want to know that the the vehicle is going to provide them the opportunity for the things that they're looking for. So like my seven best friend loves vehicles that he can he can move around and play with. So he likes to like mess with people while he's driving mm-hmm. and like like it gets him to the things that he's going to and like he doesn't care necessarily that the car looks really nice or smells really nice or he wants to know that he has control of the vehicle and it's going to give him the opportunity for the things that he's looking for.
0: How is has that relate to security?
2: Because if he doesn't have that, then he's stuck. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
0: and then uh and then ones ones have ideals about what
2: uh about it being good. Yeah. Yeah. So like is this the is this a good vehicle in the snow? Is this a good um Do the windshield wipers work? Do all of the things that I need it to do, does it do those things well? Yeah. And the minute that they are more frustrated by the things it doesn't do well than what it actually accomplishes, that's that's the breaking point. There it is. It doesn't have to look nice. It has to do what it's supposed to do
0: correctly. Brings us to the last triad here which we're going to call the relationists these are two fives and eights and again there's a thread to be seen here um when a two a two gets rid of a car what's that going to look like
2: so there theirs is two fives and eights is it's a little bit trickier to like this metaphor is a little trickier with two fives and eights because their their big thing is rejection Uh, So they are a rejection or repression. They are repressing their own needs for the things that they want. So when twos get rid of a vehicle, twos who are looking to be helpful and and loved and gain attention in that way, they're getting rid of a vehicle that doesn't help them serve others. Yeah. But for them, they think it's about what the other people need.
0: So... A two has a car. They are imagining the people that I'm serving, either the car doesn't serve them anymore Mm -hmm. or they're, are you saying that they are getting into the heads of the other people they're trying to serve and saying, these people are judging me and my car. Oh no!
2: It's about how functional their vehicle is to help other people.
0: Yeah, it's just I'm going to assess my vehicle based on its helpfulness. Yep. I could see that with a house. Like a two yep. has a house, and they, they, like my house is 20 minutes away from town, and mm-hmm. it's hard to get to, and it only I can't host people yeah, here. Yeah. I need to get a new house because what I really want is the yep. ability to serve the people in, yep. in my life. Yep, yep. Which is different from fives. Fives get rid of a car. Why?
2: Uh, Because it is not the most practical, functional, value-specific thing to offer them the security that they are looking for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There is, again, a security. Um, they're the head type, mm-hmm. where the twos are the uh, uh, heart type. The yeah. twos need the attention of the others. Get it through helping. Fives here are security seekers. Yeah. And so... Talk about that with value, though.
2: So fives, there, there's um, fives are the type that are going to be the most likely to do all of the research to figure out which is the which has the the highest ratings on on safety and um, and and value for the price range and for the type of vehicle and also like they won't buy a brand new vehicle because you lose value just driving off the lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um. There's a whole thing about like you were you get a like cars hit a hundred thousand miles and all of a sudden a bunch of things start breaking. Yep. So fives are going to be the type that are going to drive a car to ninety thousand miles and then get another one.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
2: Because this is the point where, statistically speaking, yeah, the car starts to lose its value. Yep.
0: Here you go. So here you go. Eight, eights are going to get rid of a car when? Uh,
2: when it no longer serves whatever function they think is most important.
0: <laughs> 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 is it the case? Okay, so the talk about the most important, the function that's most important. Yeah, so
2: it's about it's about control. Yeah. So when wrote, when Michael's they don't have uh, full control over their situation. They are going to be moving on from whatever that vehicle is. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a good friend who um, has a teenager, and they were sharing cars. And the teenager got in a wreck, and so they bought a new car. Yep. And talk, talk about the <laughs> specifics of the car related to the aid is purchasing a new car.
2: So I'm I'm not sure that the that our friend is aware of this, but they bought a vehicle that would now allow that everyone in the family has their own vehicle and the eight's new car offers them the opportunity to say, you are not allowed to drive this car anymore because it is brand new. Yep. And on the backside (laughs) of that, the new car has all of the safety features that will hopefully prevent a wreck like that from happening again.
0: This is a gateway to relationships, it strikes me the reason that I get rid of the car or the phone or the house mm-hmm. is often also the reason that I step away from that business relationship. Yeah. It's the reason that I step away from that romantic relationship mm-hmm. because my type engages the other thing or the other person in this way. And if I understand this is how I connect with other human beings and what I really need in a relationship, that is gold Mm -hmm. all day long, especially if you understand what the person you're in relationship with needs most from the relationship. So speaking of this, why does a, to go back around the circle, why does a three get out of a romantic, let's talk about romantic relationships for a second. Why does a three get out of a romantic relationship?
2: I mean, all of this is assuming, of course, that there's no infidelity or uh, abuse or serious problems like that, Um, because that romantic relationship is not offering them the uh, practical attention that they are looking for.
0: And six is... Uh, likewise are going to have a relationship in a similar way, but different. Mm-hmm. Why does a six get out of a romantic relationship? Cause
2: it's not offering them the practical security that they are looking for. And
0: again, nines control autonomy. So all of them are attaching to people mm-hmm. in this situation. I'm going to attach myself to a lover. Who's going to give me the attention, security, autonomy, that I crave right super easy to see with the the, that group the what are often called the pragmatists they're practical in their relationships I get this from the relationship and that there's nothing wrong with that right that's just that's how these types often navigate in the world now this is different from the idealists one fours and sevens a one steps away from a romantic relationship why
2: when they are frustrated at the lack of control
0: Yeah. yeah uh fours would step away for what reason? When they're frustrated at the lack of attention. Yeah, and sevens are stepping away.
2: Uh, frustrated at the lack
0: of security. Yeah.
2: And and these ones present differently because um, they, are, uh, they are looking for an ideal, and that frustration is constant and continual because the ideal doesn't actually exist. When the, f- the frustration level passes the functional level, then
0: they'll step out is it the case that with sevens i would imagine it's i want to go on an adventure i don't want to stay stuck here right yeah and that's what this security is about right
2: uh security for sevens meaning opportunity yeah
0: yeah because i'm going to move on to the next thing and that's what's going to make me feel secure is always being somehow on the move right um so a relationship with a seven would kind of require that you right. like, we're going to be going some places, yep. so buckle up. Yep, absolutely. Different from twos, fives, and eights, the relationists, why does a two get out of a relationship?
2: Uh, they reach a breaking point of uh, their own sense of rejection.
0: Yeah. They have already repressed their inner life. Right. And they are not getting the attention they desire from mm-hmm. the other. Yep. And that's the breaking point. Right. Um, fives... How does that work with fives? How, why would a five get out of a romantic relationship? Uh, similar
2: reasons, but for security. Uh, so they reach that breaking point of the rejection of the security that they're looking for. So if, the, th- practically speaking, um, if you invade their security bubble, you're going to break a five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're going to take a big step back, withdraw, withdraw, and then leave. Right. You keep breaking my bubble. Yep. Eights are going to be different, but similar. Mm -hmm. Why does an eight get out of a relationship?
2: Uh, Because of the rejection of opportunity for control.
0: There is a through line with these three groups. And what we're going to talk about today is how do these types function in relationships with each other? And so that's gonna they'll wrap up our our deep dive into relationships. So to start this out, you will know this. And the Enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle. And here we pick a topic and we go around that circle. And today we're talking about these relationships, how we connect to each other, why relationships break up, and even better, why they stay together and how you can feed and foster your relationships by simply knowing this is what. Um, the people I'm in relationship with want most. And if I know that, I can elevate that, I can provide that, and that ends up being the the service we do to the people in our lives. So anything worth saying before we jump in?
2: Well, as we've said before, there are 36 different combinations, and we don't have the time or energy or patience to go through all 36 types. If you want to do that, uh, we highly recommend the Enneagram Institute. Just Google that, Google your type and the other person's type, and they'll give you a whole breakdown of what these two types look like together. We don't want to do all 36, but we can do the six combinations of just this triad. Mm. We also wanted to add a note here about something that we sort of stumble upon as we are doing this recording and we didn't really want to go back through and re-record the entire thing. So uh, just keep this in your back pocket and think about it as we're talking about this. Uh, You can think of the pragmatists or the attachment types as a sort of magnet. Uh, These are people who are drawing things to them and attaching to things that work. Uh, You can think of the relationists or the rejection types as sort of anchors. So this is going to sort of, in the good and the bad, it's going to hold things back, but it's also going to provide a stable, steadying ground. Um, And then the idealists or the frustration types as like kites. So uh, lifting the rest of us, lifting themselves up to new heights, that sort of idea. And the way that those things interact and interplay with each other will have consequences. And uh, we just thought that was a really good metaphor that we wanted to give to you, the listener, while you're going through this, even though we didn't realize it until we were recording. so. This is gonna be good.
0: I'm so excited for this one. I thought I was hmm. excited for coping styles. I have recently had twenty different conversations about this. Mm. And so I'm ready to one, I'm ready to learn, I'm ready to pitch some theory. Yeah. Um, but there's some there's some good stuff worth saying. So yeah. So let's start with the first group of ones, fours, and sevens. These are often called uh, the idealists mm-hmm. or the frustration types. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about them for a second, maybe to give a good definition. Yeah,
2: great. Uh, so uh, these are types that look at the world expecting the ideal to be there. Yep. Uh, so uh, just from their viewpoint, they are... are expecting the world to be a certain way. And the frustration comes because the world isn't that way.
0: Yeah. So the frustration is just going to be kind of a, they'll be the gauge mm-hmm. on the, on the dashboard as it were right? for these types. Right. Yeah. Does that happen in all relationships? It happens in
2: not only relationships, but in all things that they experience. Oh, there you go. Uh, they expect Their dishwasher to work a certain way. Mm -hmm. They expect people to behave a certain way. They expect prices at the grocery store to be a certain way. They expect politics to function a certain way. They expect other people to know things about what they're talking about.
0: Now, as a one myself, Uh I experience frustration as anger. Yeah. But I imagine for a four, I could see frustration translating as shame. Yeah. Would that be right?
2: Yeah. Because they're, they're, their frustration is a lot m- more inward focused, yeah. so all of these are going to be um, a little bit more inward focused. Yep, and their um, the anger of one's frustration starts with the ways that they have failed, the ways that they are not meeting their own ideal. Yeah, um, fours is is shame about the lack that they are experiencing, the the things that they are missing in their life.
0: And that would be similar to the sevens. Mm-hmm. Frustration would be something's going to catch me.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and something's going to keep me in places that I don't want to be.
0: Yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right, bang. So you have a relationship, one, four, seven, mm-hmm. or in relationship, there's obviously a couple combinations here. But what are some of the best elements of a relationship like this? Like when you see uh, a romantic relationship or uh, a pairing that's in the workplace um, at their healthiest, talk about that kind of relationship. Well, these
2: types are going to be holding up the ideal as something to aim for. So we have this phrase shoot for the moon and the cheesy ending of that is even if you miss, you land among the stars. Mm -hmm. So idealists are going to be pushing for the best possible in any given scenario. This is the thing that they're aiming at is the best possible thing. And this is where the idea of calling them kites would come into play, lifting the things up to
0: those ideals. I have a good friend who, uh, we talk, he's, he does the same job as I do in ministry, and we're routinely talking on exactly that front. Mm-hmm. Is that Here's the ideal for the work that we do. Right, yeah. Um, he's a seven. He comes to that ideal from a very different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still remains nearly everything we talk about.
2: Yeah, holding up the expectation that, that this is the way the world could be. Mm-hmm. And let's aim for that. Yep. Yeah.
0: On the flip side, where is this couple pairing going to struggle?
2: Well, the obvious opposite of that is that the world isn't that way. And so, like, that's where the frustration comes in. It's, It's always being faced with the reality of not meeting that expectation.
0: Is it the case? I would imagine that... I have an ideal, you have an ideal. That's where the conflict would be when the ideals don't match. And
2: when your expectations are frustrated by them and their expectations are frustrated by you. So it's, it's not just about the fact that the ideals don't match. It's that you are holding them in an ideal and they can't meet that oh, yeah, They haven't
0: conformed. Right. Well, that would be probably true for all the relationships, yeah, that a 1, 4, or 7 would have with anyone else. Correct. They haven't conformed yeah. to.
2: And it just, just um, it, it becomes exponential Yeah. when idealists are together.
0: So it seems to me that there is great good in setting goals and mm-hmm. having targets and saying, here's where we're we want to go. Yeah.
2: Of course it seems that way to you. It uh, well, <laughs> But
0: I also see that producing uh worthy fruit uh-huh. and character and beauty in our world as yeah. well in the lives of others who I have no association with. Correct. There is some, at least some energy. Yeah. Hey, we should go take that hill.
2: This is one of the things that idealists bring to the world.
0: There you go. Yeah. That's, that's what Absolutely. I'm spending. Yes. <laughs> we have value. Yeah. CJ. Of course you do. Um, there is, uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> ideals aren't good or bad.
2: No, that's true. Ideals are not good or bad. Your attachment to the ideals yeah, is, that's when problems can come in.
0: Of all things, we're going to talk about this next time. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, places for growth yeah. for each of the types, but that's exactly right. Is uh, ideals are can be great goods when they're in their proper place. Correct. There is a balance that needs to take h- place here. Yep. Um, for uh, for ones, fours, and sevens, we continually come back to the phrase "hold this loosely" mm-hmm. with a lot of different. Things.
2: It's because the whole all of life just just hold it loosely, people.
0: Just read Aristotle Calm down You're and hold fine. it all loosely. Just balance. Yep. Um. <laughs> the. Okay. So. I have as you know have really enjoyed the pop culture side of this. So uh-huh. I have my list excellent of the folks of course you do that seem to me to be of this sort in relationship. Let's um, see
2: how many of these movies I've seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first one which I thought was funny cuz I, I looked this up was Romeo and Juliet. And the reason that this play works Are you talking about Baz
2: Luhrmann or <laughs> the movie from the 70s? I'm
0: talking about or West the side Shakespearean Story. play, man. Okay. Okay, let's go. But it has been, yeah. Both fours. Romeo and Juliet yeah, and this is why sure. the play works. It's like let me tell you about my emotions yeah. mm-hmm. and there and is nobody an idea. understands me yep. and feel yeah. like very different like outcasts mm-hmm. in your family. Mm-hmm. And so you know what's going to be real different if I date the girl across the river. Yeah. From that family over there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, oh my parents hate your parents. We should get together. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, a pairing that we've talked about before is David Spade and Chris Farley. Great. You got the one who's the perfectionist mm-hmm. and Farley who's uh, just we're on an adventure. We're doing yeah. all the things. Yep. My favorite scene from those two is when Chris Farley um, ha- opens up the bag of M Ms. Yeah.
2: Oh, that sounds good. Melted chocolate inside the dash. that really ups the resale value. I think you're gonna be okay here. They have a thin candy shell. Hmm. I'm surprised you didn't know that.
1: I think your brain has a thick candy shell. Your um, your brain has the shell on it. Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. <laughs> Shut up, Richard.
0: <laughs> Shut up, Richard. The um, there is that. Two ideals the ideal of the adventure, the ideal of I want my, I want to have control over my space and make things nice and I have a vision of what my life's supposed to be about. Yeah. Anyway, a uh, romantic couple, mm-hmm. a romantic couple that uh, works is Lloyd Dobbler and Diane Court from Say Anything, sure. which that should be on my list. I didn't think about that in terms of romantic comedies. Oh, sure. Yeah. But that's a glorious movie. Dobbler's a seven, Diane Court's a. A one, one of the best scenes where it's just showing you who these character are. Uh, these characters are Diane Court is defending her dad's business. He serves old people, and she says, "You don't like old people, do you?" And he says, "Me, sure I do. Except one for one thing. I used to work at a smorgasbord, and the old people would flock there, and they love to eat, and they just jam their mouths, you know, and they would just eat with their mouths open, and, and you know, it's just too much for me. I mean, you know, you get to." be thinking about how short life is and maybe everything has no meaning because you wake up and you're frying burgers and you then you're like 60 and 70. And then, you know, you check out and what are you doing? And I just don't (laughs) need to think about things like this. So that's the reason I was, but I'm not sure I'm right about about any of this and she says and I think that's ageism and that's being prejudiced against people there because they're old and there's this great banter with them where he is actually exceedingly adventurous doesn't want to be pinned down he doesn't want to buy things sought or what is it he doesn't want to (laughs) buy you're already yawning (laughs) (laughs) it's
2: not because of you (laughs)
0: And he actually is stuck. That's his whole character arc is he is serving his sister, whose boyfriend, J-E-F-F, has left him with a kid and his sister who's a single mom. Mm -hmm. And he's stuck there. And the movie ends with him getting on a plane with the girl and flying to England and going on this adventure. And she has a very strong sense of right and wrong. Throughout, And she marks one of the best scenes is she has this monstrous dictionary and he goes, whoa, look at this dictionary. And he opens it up and he's flipping through and there's marks throughout the dictionary. And mm-hmm. she says, yeah, I mark every word I look up. And it's like this whole thing is marked Perfect. up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, which brings us to relationists, uh, twos, fives and eights in the same way. They're going to have some positives. They're going to have some places that they struggle. Twos, fives, and eights in relationship, what are they going to bring to one another?
2: Well, they're... um, So we also call these the rejection groups. So these are uh, the type that they are expecting rejection, and so they are repressing their own inner life in order to do something for the others. Uh, and it's about gaining those those things that they want, security, autonomy, attention. Uh, so uh, the twos are rejecting their own needs and desires in order to serve others so that others will give them attention. Fives are rejecting their own inner need in order to gain security. Eights are rejecting their own inner life, their inner inner depth and emotion and uh, needs in order to have control or to not be controlled by others.
0: A couple of things that strike me here on a positive, if Mm -hmm. I'm expecting rejection and the other person is expecting rejection, if I find a person who's like me Mm -hmm. in that same way, I would imagine that would remove a lot of barriers between us.
2: So long as that's something that you can name or that you're at least somewhat aware of, totally.
0: Yeah, okay, there you go.
2: If you have no idea that you're rejecting your inner life, yeah, that's not going to be helpful well, to you at
0: all. Pause on the inner life. I mean, just expecting rejection from other people. Sure. I enter a relationship I'm expecting to be rejected, and so I have my defense. My, my walls are already up. Mm-hmm. My shields are already up in some ways. But if I hear you're like me, you expect to be rejected as well. Sure. I would imagine that would soften things. Uh, yeah.
2: I, I would bet that would have more to do with the health of the individual than... Anything else. Yeah. There's, Just like most things.
0: Secondly, on the inner life, I mm-hmm. repress my inner life in order to get what I want. Yeah. I imagine if both people realize that they're both repressing, mm-hmm. there's space that's created for for both to kind of give the each other permission to actually allow their inner life into the relationship space. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This would be a, a way that they... Um, recognizing that need in the other, they could easily say, I am not going anywhere and we can do this together. Right. Or you have the opportunity to explore this in a way that, like, you know I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Any other positives there? Um,
2: They're both going to be, because these are both outward focused, there's going to be, like, when two relationists are together, they're going to be focused outside of themselves as well. So yeah. they're going to be doing a lot in community with
0: other people. So if I'm in one of these relationships, because my focus is outward, mm-hmm. if it includes the other person yeah, and their needs and their trajectory and, and how do I care for this other person? Yeah. If that's reciprocated, I mm-hmm. imagine that would create a very clean relationship. Yeah. I care for them. They mm-hmm. care for me. And we don't worry about caring for ourselves. Right. As it were.
2: Right. And and we get to use our energy to care for others as well. They yeah. an amplifying effect. Yeah, there in you that go.
0: Yeah. Then you're in co- like common cause and yep. doing some stuff. Yeah. Where is this triad going to struggle?
2: Uh, well, that they're both expecting rejection. Uh, and if they aren't healthy in in good ways and, and able to recognize that they're they're going to really struggle with sharing themselves with the other and with creating that kind of intimacy that comes from being vulnerable from saying what you need from from sharing your inner life with another person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um pop culture examples for me ended up these this was the hardest one for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pop culture examples are actually people who are in tension uh, with one another. Sure. Um, It was very seldom the case that there was like a real union here. So the one that stuck out to me was from Devil Wears Prada, the Miranda Priestly character who's kind of the boss Yeah, and the Andy Satch um, there's, area. there's the, the aggressive eight and there's the the helper too. And there's that dynamic and mm-hmm. the movie ends with her throwing her phone in the, the fountain and taking her off. Yeah. Um, but there's this antagonistic relationship at one level and, but it's still, I'm learning from this person and we're, we're figuring, she's figuring out what it means to be, you know, mature and mm-hmm. the rest. Um, There's two relationships on film that have been really important recently in nerd culture, and one is um, Gandalf and Saruman, and the other is Magneto and Xavier. And both of these these are brothers. They're either both wizards or they're both mutants, and they are not in common cause, but they have those personality types. One of them is an eight. It seems to me Gandalf's an eight. It seems to me Magneto's an eight, and it seems to me that Saruman is a five. It seems to me that Xavier is a two. They find themselves as those types and navigate from those places. So, just to talk about um, the Lord of the Rings real quick, which we'll probably do a deep dive in the Lord of the Rings sometime. So, I don't want. So, here's the teaser. Yeah, uh, here's if, the teaser. Yeah. What was it? If you want to give us five hundred bucks to do <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, we will be setting up a Patreon by January. Yeah. Um, Saruman is withdrawing for security. He's yep. terrified that you know, that Sauron's going to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And so there's a withdrawal. Well,
2: because he's he studied all the material available, yep. and, and uh, he knows Sauron is the most powerful being, and this is... He's got all the data. Yep.
0: He's looking in the Palantir. Yep. Observing yep. all the corners of Middle-earth. Yep. His fear leads him to a bad place. Right. Gandalf just strikes me as as wanting to be in control. In demanding it. Um, You see that in his character all over Mm -hmm. the place. It's like he is the one that initiates. He is the one that is moving things forward. Well, in about, um, he is,
2: again, like eights don't necessarily want to be in control. They just don't want to be controlled. You can see all over Gandalf's character that he does not like it when other people tell him what to do.
1: A wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.
2: Yeah, there you go. And he wants to get everyone else to do the thing that he thinks they're supposed to do. Yeah. He is constantly pushing characters into the places where they are
0: supposed to be. Sauron's going to take over the world. He's going to fight against that. Right. And that, that energy is there. Right. Anyway, so there, there's that... Push, pull, tug. It's kind of like the tug of war couple. Mm -hmm. Well, that one certainly would be eights and fives. It's a withdrawn and an aggressive. Yeah. But there's a tug of war going on there. I love the X-Men on this front. Mm -hmm. The Eric character and the Xavier character. Eric is a Holocaust survivor who has magical powers now where he can move metal. Yep. And no one's going to tell him what he's going to do what he's going to do now. Right. There's one line in the second X-Men, I think where he shows off his, his uh, tattoo Mm -hmm. from the camps. And he says something to the extent of no piece of metal will ever pierce my skin again. Mm, And it's like just all energy. And then Xavier is, is creating a school for all the people who are discovering who they are. Right. And he wants to help them. And that language is always on his lips of how do I help the people around me, to to realize their best self. And so you have a reactive Xavier and an aggressive Magneto, but they both come here. They're repressing their inner life. Their energy's going outward. Um, there's a g- great scene at the beginning of the first X-Men.
1: Eric, what are you doing here? Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answers? Don't give up on them, Eric what do you have me do, Charles? I've heard these arguments before. It was a long time ago. Mankind has evolved since then. Yes, into us. You're sneaking around in here, Charles. Whatever are you looking for? I'm looking for hope. I will bring you hope, old friend. I ask only one thing in return.
0: Don't get in my way. That's a great eight, Fraser. Yeah.
1: We are the future, Charles, not them. They no longer matter.
0: Talk about that. Let's assume that that's a two-eight relationship. Mm-hmm. What do you see there in terms of affect groups?
2: I easily see two people who are giving up on what they, they are putting their own desires aside for what they see as the greater good. And especially looking together, they are sacrificing their friendship. Like, like, like this is, this is one of my favorite things about this, this series of X-Men. I'm not in love with all of the films they even make their own jokes about how bad the third film's keep being, <laughs> um, but they uh, playing out the 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 brotherhood of these two men, and and how they their sacrifice of their relationship yeah. for what they think is the greater good. Talk
0: about this real quick, kids twos, fives, and eights are gonna have that outward focus here. Yep. But they're not idealists. Correct. What is the difference?
2: Well, idealists are are imagining like the best possible world, what
0: should be. And that's ones, fours, and sevens, by the way. Right. And
2: but but the, this group. The relationists they don't necessarily have like the best possible thing in mind. They have what I think is right.
0: Yeah. And yeah, yeah.
2: and they're going to sacrifice themselves first to achieve the thing that I think is right. What's
0: another word for right there? Because it's not necessarily.
2: Yeah, right is probably incorrect. Um, most valuable. I mean, yeah. so so their
0: look, their basic desire is going to yeah. get elevated there.
2: Yeah, Magneto is. His thing is about we we are taking over the world because we are the next phase of evolution yeah and if we do not fight then they are going to put us in cages yeah
0: he doesn't want to be controlled personally right and he expands that outwardly to all the other mutants right and he's gonna like we're in this together
2: i will lead us because i am strong enough into the future as i envision it so that we are not put in cages yeah there it is yeah
0: On the flip side, the two,
2: the two is trying to elevate the people in these scenarios, elevate his fellow mutants into their best selves in a way that like we can all do this together. And if we help each other, then that is the best possible outcome.
0: Moving on to the 369. Yep. Uh, this is the pragmatist group. Talk about the pragmatists.
2: Well, the pragmatists attach to the things that work. We want to know what is the most functional, what is the most practical, what is the um, best way to get the thing that we want. We're going to
0: attach to that. That would be both objects like cars. Yep. But It's relationships as well. Relationships yep. are going to your motive. Yeah, absolutely. So we
2: attach to the relationships that provide the best opportunity for the thing that we're looking for, autonomy, attention, security. Uh, So when these types are together, they are together because the other is offering something that gives them the thing that they desire.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: And we attach to those relationships in ways that like, I will hold on to this because I know that it is functional, and when it is not functional anymore, then I will separate from it.
0: I imagine a positive there is that these sorts of relationships it can be more clean that you understand. I'm in this relationship to get this thing,
2: right? Yeah,
0: and per and I suppose if you're self aware enough, the other person is in a relationship to get the thing, mm-hmm. and so maybe you you deal in relationships in that way?
2: a there's a practicality to it. A three, looking for attention, is going to find people that are going to give them the attention and attach to that in a way that says, I need your attention, and I'm going to ask you for it on a regular basis. Yeah, there it is. And similarly, nines are going to attach to the relationships that give them the kind of autonomy and sort of control Mm -hmm. over their environment that they are looking for. And again, and sixes looking for security are going to attach to the relationships that offer them the security that they need.
0: So I imagine that ends up being the positive about a relationship like this. Mm-hmm. If this gets named, here's my motivation. Yeah. This is what I want yep. in a relationship. And if you provide that, then that just makes things so much easier.
2: Absolutely. Just
0: know I I simply need. You to tell me that I'm doing a good job occasionally. Yeah. I just need you to make me feel safe. Yep. And that's 90% of the connection that's going to need to take place there. Right. Are there any other positives that you see in a relationship between these types?
2: They are the pragmatists. So they are going to be able to be a little bit more honest about those motives more readily than other types are. Yeah. Um, like like we've said that that's a value, but that like the fact of being able to say it is going to be easier for these types.
0: I imagine that's the negative here as well. Sure. That if things go badly in a person's heart, all their relationships become transactional. Mm-hmm. Um. So we can imagine all sorts of folks who are. Quite clear in their head that my relationship with other people, either romantically or in business, end up being entirely about the transaction. Right. They are something to be used to get the thing I want. Right. The praise security, yeah, um, control. Yeah,
2: and like on the on the unhealth of the the actual pragmatist in that setting. That if like. Th- it it can be leveled against them from the other side. It can also be an unhealthy way of saying, these are the things that I want. Mm. So, so like this can be viewed negatively from other people. It can also be presented negatively from the pragmatist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is something to be said. Am I, am I catching what you're saying here? There is something to be said for human beings are not, Means they're all human beings are ends in themselves, correct? That have special dignity and value, and using other human beings simply to serve yourself isn't morally appropriate,
2: right? Absolutely, however. So, what are you saying then? So, so, but I that is absolutely true, and I'm not going to argue with it, right? (laughs) And at the same time, I can bring people into my life that I care about that also serve a function. Yeah. So I personally have been accused of using people in that way of of like this I this relationship only exists for the function and it's like no, if if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't bring the function into it. Yeah.
0: There we'll talk about this next time. There is something about us, it's important for us to type ourselves with the Enneagram mm-hmm. to understand this is what our core motivation is yeah. and what propels nearly everything that we do. And there are times where your healthiest step is to slaughter that motivation yep. is to identify it, kill it, move it to the side yeah. because that actually is the move to your healthiest self, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about next week. You should tune in. Right. Um, and but if for the pragmatist, it would be entirely that, as I understand. Look, when I'm in relationship with folks, this ends up being a lot of the glue that's there. Mm-hmm. It's what connects me to other people. Yep. I connect to other people because they give me the attention I I need, and that just fills my tank. And that's how I function in the world. Yeah, security, control, yep. etc.
2: Um, and the value of them being in relationship together is that they can be more honest about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I imagine it again, to circle back to the healthiest side of this, if you can name that and live out of that, it's really important that you provide me a space where I feel safe. Yep. Can be one of the best things a six can say to the people around them. It's just, it's, it's known. Mm -hmm. You don't need to barter. You know, you don't need a bargain. You just need to say, Hey, this is primary. Yep. And if you don't make me feel safe, I'm leaving. Yep. End of story. Yep. <laughs> you know? Period. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Here's what I need. And we have uh, we should probably say this at some point. It seems to me in relationship, being able to communicate this is what I want is the best thing you can tell your partner. Oh, it's so great. This is the best thing you can tell the people in your business. Yep. This is what I'm in it for. This is why I'm here. This is what I want. Yeah. And everybody knows and it doesn't have to be a secret. And then you can cooperate relationally to get there. Yeah. Anything worse? If,
2: if that's something that you don't know how to do, if you cannot say this is what I want, just stop listening right now and go work on that.
0: There it is. Yeah. And that's what and obviously that's what the Enneagram is about. Yep. So, um, but yeah, get a journal. What do you want? Yeah. Uh Gimli. And Legolas, strike me as this couple. Sure. Okay. Gimli strikes me as a three. Okay. And Legolas strikes me as a nine. Okay. And if you want to go further into that, Patreon, Enneagram Circle, yeah. we'll create that someday. Yeah.
2: we'll do the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is coming.
0: And, and speaking of a different one that we may do someday it would be the Harry Potter. Um, it seems to me that Harry Potter is a nine and that Ron Weasley is a six. Sure. And they have that... Uh, um. I attach to the things that give me control I attach to the things that give me safety Mm -hmm. but the best of these couples is the Rocky and Adrian pairing it's a romantic couple where you see this energy uh, Rocky being a nine and Adrian being a six Uh, early in the Rocky movie Polly, who is Adrian's brother asks Rocky you
1: really like her? sure I like her I don't see it. what's the attraction? I don't know those gaps, I guess. What's gaps? I don't gaps. She's got gaps. I got gaps. Together we full
0: gaps, huh? yeah. That's a great pragmatic way yeah. of thinking about relationships. Absolutely. Um, the the climax line is the night before Rocky fights Apollo Creed, and he comes home. He's been walking, and he talks to Adrian. They lays down in bed. Can't do it. I can't beat him.
1: Apollo. Yeah, I've been out there walking around thinking. I mean, who am I kidding? I ain't even in the guy's league. What are we gonna do?
0: Cause it's not about him in the ring. Right. What are we gonna do about it? Cause she has attached to him. Mm-hmm. And it's about us. Yeah,
2: we're a team now.
0: And yeah. I love that. And it's so overlooked. I don't know.
1: You work so hard. Yeah, it don't matter, because I was nobody
0: before.
2: Don't say that.
0: Because she's real sensitive to people beating her up because she's an abused um, sister. Mm-hmm. Her, her drunk brother is abusive. And he said, this is just money. He says... Oh,
1: come on, Adrian, it's true. I was nobody. But that don't matter either, you know? Because I was thinking, it really don't matter if I lose this fight. It really don't matter if this guy opens my head either. So all I want to do is go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Crete. And if I can go that distance, you see, and that bell rings and I'm still standing. I want to know for the first time in my life that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood.
0: I have no idea what that means for a nine, but I would love to float that to you. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for security. I'm looking for control there. I'm mm-hmm. looking for feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. But there's ambition there. Of I want to do something amazing and, and embody. So anyway, d- does that line hit you?
2: The way it strikes me is about it. It's about needing to feel like his presence matters.
0: Oh, okay, yeah,
2: yeah. So like he's yes. just another bum from the neighborhood. There it is. Yeah, yeah, and. All of these people have told him like like he has been moved into a position where he's sort of being held up in a way that's like yeah, if that's he good. fails, he is just another bum from the neighborhood. Yeah. All he wants to do is prove that he's
0: not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Before the fight, there's a conversation between them and they're in his locker room. He says, "Okay, I got to go now, but uh don't you leave town. Wish me luck. I'm going to need it." And Adrian says, "Good luck." And then he looks at her again and he says, "Don't you leave town." I love that line. Um he's worried at in that moment, not that he's going to get beat up. Mm-hmm. He's worried that that this this woman's going to leave. Yeah. Um again, what do you hear there?
2: Uh, it's it's the like the support that he has attached himself to. Like the thing that's sort of offering him the value that he's looking for. Yeah, And like, yeah, yeah. The,
0: the value he's looking for. It's like, here is the place I feel comfortable. Here's the place. Mm-hmm. She, it's not security.
2: Right. What is it? It's he is he is comfortable in this relationship and he has he he knows who he is and he has the type of so control for nines is a little weird because it's like we we want we exhibit more than anyone else like that desire to not be controlled. Yeah. And and so like he he is fully comfortable in his environment in his his relationship with her to be who he is without someone else trying to control him.
0: Yeah. There you go. Boom.
2: He is attached to this relationship because it offers him like he, he is fully attached to that relationship because of the autonomy that he finds there. Hmm. And he doesn't ever want that to break because it's comfort.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, this is the person who... My presence matters to her. Yep. That's why it's a great love story on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the combinations. Yeah. Let's start with the idealists and the relationists. Okay. So ones, fours, and sevens are paired... With twos, fives and eights, I found in just my study that there's a lot more of these, like there's combinations that are more complementary. Sure. There's not, there, it can be the case, obviously, that you attach to, that you uh, uh, are in a romantic relationship or a work relationship with those who are your same type here. Mm-hmm. But I found in just thinking through pop culture characters, it's real common to see. Yeah, the presentation is more,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, So let's talk about uh, this dynamic. What's the energy between idealists and relationists?
2: Uh, So we have uh, people who are looking for the best possible representation of all the things. And you have people who are uh, looking for a relationship to uh, between me and the other thing. Yeah. And so uh, one represented by the word frustration and the other represented by the word rejection, you're going to have some interesting sort of like, it's not fighting, but sort of like a an interesting sort of friction there. There's something
0: to be named here, which we haven't said mm. yet, but this is actually a big idea here. Attachment, rejection, and frustration are kind of negative spins right. on these postures towards relationships. Right but these come from Riso and Hudson and who are Enneagram uh, masters of the highest order. And they end up wanting to elevate things that can be unhealthy so that we can see what's unhealthy so mm-hmm. that we can do some work on ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's the, un- the, the one reject or expects rejection. Mm-hmm. One um, experience Experiences frustration. Experiences frustration. Yeah. And that will be a dynamic, right? It's worth naming that dynamic,
2: right? Uh, and so there's, um, you have the idealists expecting the best from their the other type, and you have the relationists trying to, at their best, they're they're going to be trying to achieve the what is expected of them because they are putting their own needs aside in order to accomplish the thing that they're looking for. And in that relationship, you, they're going to be putting their own needs aside in order to accomplish the thing that the other one is expecting. And vice versa, you're going to have the, the types that are sort of serving to expand and grow and push the other um, into the ideal place.
0: So uh, we've done a Marvel uh, series. Yep. Which was fantastic. You should go back and listen to it again because it's so great. Uh, Peter Quill and Gamora are of this sort. There's Mm -hmm. a seven and eight. Both of them are aggressive, but Peter Quill is an idealist Mm -hmm. and has ideals about his experience from his experience with his mom. And these get translated into how he has a relationship with his lover. And that matters. The women in his life Occupy a very similar space mm-hmm. in his heart, and Gamora likewise has isu- has daddy issues, mm-hmm. as it were. And uh, the male the males are very different in her life, right? And so, anyway, talk. Uh, that's one place that we could go. right. Yeah, so,
2: so with with that, there's there's a great representation there of um, an idealist who is going to be able to soften the. Uh, the relationist. So the uh, relationist known for rejecting their inner life, the idealist is going to be able to sort of draw out some of that and, mm-hmm. and give them opportunity to um, get into what they want a little bit more because the, like the idealist in that setting is is trying to hold up something that could be like yeah. here here's here's the place where we want to go. Why aren't like let's go there? Um and giving the opportunity and and in that particular example, it's like giving time for the relationist to adjust to that. Yeah. And and become more and more in touch with their own inner life. And on the flip side of that, offering some uh the Relationist offering some grounding to the idealism presented there. So, the idealist being frustrated by not ever experiencing the the thing that they're looking for, the relationist offers some grounding there of saying, "Let's give this some time."
0: That strikes me to go on to another pairing, mm-hmm. which would be one Wayne and Garth. Yeah, from the uh, great. Wayne's world. Yeah.
2: Doodly doodly doodly. yeah.
0: Wayne feels like an idealist in terms of an adventurous sort that's mm-hmm. going to go do the thing. He's going to get the guitar. Yeah. And he's going to get the girl. F- Garth is, seems to me to be the withdrawn five mm-hmm. who understands the world and can create a neutron bomb out of a paper clip. Yep. Perfect. There is <laughs> something about uh-huh. the energy there that's similar on that front. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's a the relationist offers a grounding presence for the idealist um to sort of bring them back to not not reality cuz the the idealist is constantly frustrated by reality but but to give them sort of a an anchor into the real world as opposed to just always looking for the ideal.
0: That's a great way of phrase that like oh, we obviously we're exploring some of these ideas as we go, but mm-hmm. the idea of a grounding anchor mm-hmm. is what they bring to the relationship. Yeah. When I look at my pop culture list, which I have like f- seven different pairings, it pops in every single one of them mm-hmm. on the flip side. The idealist is doing what for the relationist
2: uh, opportunity providing it, it's, oh, it's, you said that. Yeah, yeah, it works both ways. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, so Relation is providing an anchor. Idealist providing a kite, and and for this this pair, it's good and bad of both of those things. The
0: um, yes, yeah,
2: because that can be healthy. It can be unhealthy, right? An anchor can be something that that allows the i i the idealist to be safe in like. Come into reality. It can also be a thing that holds them back from the idealism that they're looking for. It holds them back from the opportunities or, or reaching for new heights. Perfect. <laughs> and
0: so this this works real well in the movie that I want to bring up with this pairing, which is Goodwill Hunting, which sure. is which is TJ's favorite movie, which is why I put it on the you list. Know, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. The uh, Goodwill, who's played by Matt Damon, uh, or no, Will Hunting, I should say. Um, <laughs> they have a dialogue. It's it's a... Will Hunting, Matt Damon's character is this math genius who isn't going to school, but he's living in Boston, and he's working as a custodian at MIT. And he's, he is routinely like reading things and working on things that the students there are working on, but he is better at it. And he, the opportunity side, when you said that, that's like all over his character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the grounding side is played by Robin Williams, who's a psychologist um, who is a Vietnam vet, whose mom died of cancer. And Williams is the seven who is, who enters that space of pain Mm -hmm. in such a beautiful way. And Matt Damon is the eight who is just nobody's going to tell him what to do. Right. They have a conversation early on um, about Robin Williams meeting his wife. Robin Williams' character bails going to a World Series game because he meets a girl in a bar.
1: No, She lit up the room. I don't Ooh. care if Helena Troy walks oh, into the Helena room. That's game Troy. six.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And who are these friends of yours? They let you get away with that? Uh, they had to. What did you say to him?
1: I just slid my ticket across the table and I said, Sorry, guys, I gotta see about a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go see about a girl? Yeah. yeah. That's what you said? I had And missed. they let you get away with that. Oh, yeah, they saw in my eyes and I meant it. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you, Will. That's why I'm not talking right now about some girl I saw it about 20 years ago and how I always regretted not going over and talking to her. I don't regret the 18 years I was married to Nancy. I don't regret the six years I had to give up counseling when she got sick. And I don't regret the last years when she got really sick i I sure as hell don't regret missing a damn game. That's regret. Wow. Would have been nice to catch that game, though. I didn't know Pudge going to hit a home run.
0: <laughs> the end of the movie ends up pushing into that. Again, it's the grounding anchor and the idealist. Hey, well, I don't know
1: see
0: this All this shit and he holds up the file and he drops it on the desk
1: it's not your fault look at me son
0: it's not your fault this is the flip side of this there's an idealist here who is robin williams mm-hmm. he's the seven in this situation but he is the father figure to the eight yeah normally the eight is the grounding anchor Mm -hmm. so now it's reversed
2: so i actually see this as um the eight like this is a representation of a much more one-sided relationship okay there so so the 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 seven and and this is this is part of the whole movie but the the seven doesn't necessarily need anything from the eight in this situation the idealist doesn't necessarily need something from the relationist in this particular example okay but you do this is a great example of the eight being stuck the eight being that anchor but they are their own anchor in this place and so this
0: Ooh, the that's 7
2: good. here is going to to draw that anchor up. Yeah. The 7 is like their whole relationship is about the idealist trying to make the relationship come awake.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so relationists are can get stuck in that rejection place, and in their desire to protect themselves from rejection, they are full on rejecting everything else as well.
0: That is the repression of the emotional life. Exactly, in twos, fives, and eights, all experience that. Yep. I'm going to repress my inner life in order to get the thing I want. Right. That's why the line "It's not your fault" is going to cut. Just right through yep. all of that and push into your heart. Yep. It's
2: right into his heart. I want to over, see your and over and over and over again.
0: Yep. It's not your fault. It's not yep. your fault.
2: The whole function of that relationship is for the idealist to get the relationist to stop rejecting
0: their own. ideas. that's good. Okay. All right. So you got to tag that. The two, <laughs> five, and eight can be a great anchor for other people. And they can be a terrible anchor for themselves, absolutely ah! to rewind that two fives, and eights. you gotta listen to that twelve times over anyway, <laughs> moving on no anything else <laughs> anything else to say there uh
2: well i and like if you really spend some time thinking about this, you can play this out in the other direction as well the like the idealists. Constantly moving and constantly trying to find the next thing. Constantly expecting too much from a world that can't give it to them. Mm -hmm. Can be very destructive for themselves. Yeah. Kites without a string. Yeah. Just fly away. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, the, this is all over the Enneagram. It's the question is healthy or unhealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the question yep. it's it's not what your type your type is important, and it exposes where you start from, and you can't escape it. This is the card you've been dealt. How you play the hand is what matters right that's how I don't know if that translates as a <laughs> <laughs> metaphor, but <laughs> there you go. um the next combination would be the relationists and the pragmatists, so two, fives, and eights. The anchors here mm-hmm. with the three sixes and nines. Yeah, this will have a different energy, a different dynamic. Yep. So, what 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 do you see initially with this combination?
2: Well, we've got uh, people who are expecting rejection and people who are attaching for the uh, the thing that they are looking for, and so um, you have relationships that can be very practical on purpose uh you have uh people who are going to have a very interesting way of interacting with each other mm-hmm. because there's there's going to be a sort of a wink and a nod to the purpose and also like when the function doesn't get fulfilled then like there's a clear separation because the the relationists are expecting a rejection, and when they do not fulfill their purpose, the pragmatists are out the door.
0: Yeah. 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 Is there a flip side to that?
2: Well, and, like, when they do fulfill their purpose, there's immediate connection, mm-hmm. but that can be a very tenuous... Uh, Tenuous is the wrong word. Like, the, I I can easily imagine this being types that are together for a purpose and then comfortably not together anymore.
0: Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of purpose. Yeah, I like that because again, I'm looking at my list of pop culture references, and that's mm-hmm. all over this. Sure, it's we're together for a purpose. Yeah. Um, the negative side of this. You kind of hit, but do you want to go I deeper mean, in that?
2: They're more likely to be the types that use each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean that's I think that's right. Yeah. So just let me just name a few of these that come to mind. We've talked about K and J for men in black, mm-hmm. it, but it, there's a very practical relationship there. Yep. Um Rocket and Groot are this kind of combination and there's a practical purpose there. We're yeah. we're we're doing the job together. Um, have you seen Breaking Bad? No, Walter White is a five, Jesse Pinkman is a six. They are only together for the practical purposes right. of making the meth and for their own various Maybe reasons, and distributing
2: the meth, and, and they each have a function within that relationship. Yep, that the other cannot fulfill.
0: Um, Sherlock Holmes and John Watson are that character. Yeah, Holmes is the five, and Watson is the six, and then the other romantic. Couple I had was Clary Starling and Hannibal Lecter, who aren't a romantic couple, <laughs> but they sure as hell are. Yeah. Because he touches yeah. her finger and that's a thing. Oh, man. <laughs> but I actually wanted to talk about them because they actually do represent to me a great. Um, there's a lot of psychology, obviously, going on in that movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can see it in their banter. Yeah. Um, super depthy dialogue there. Right. So there is one it's just one line from Lecter and one line from starling and it just totally types both of them mm-hmm. do you know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes you look like a robe a well scrubbed hustling robe with a little taste Starling's a three good nutrition has given you some length of bone but you're not more than one generation from poor white trash are you agent starling and that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia. What does your father do? You? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? And oh, how quickly the boys found you, all those tedious, sticky fumblings in the back seats of cars, while you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the end of the He is picking on a three. Yeah. Showing her that she's really a failure when all she wants to do is succeed. Yeah,
2: well, and like, like to a further degree, basically pointing out that she's nothing. Yes, this is the thing that threes fear, the and most that's what that they, they fear: have no value.
0: She flips it because she actually is a what Starling is. Is we've talked about this. She is a knight, and she's mm-hmm. going down into the cave to yep. fight the dragon. Yeah, and you know he's a dragon. Because he eats people. And the dragon has said this to her, and she pitches back.
1: You see a lot, Doctor. When are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at yourself? What about it? Why don't, you, why don't you look at yourself and write down what you see? Or maybe you're afraid to.
0: That is the best critique of a five you can find. Yeah. Why don't you look at yourself or do you fear what you would see? Yeah. Ah, so good. It is so good. And that's just in those two lines. He won best actor. She won best actress. It won best picture. It's the only time this has happened. It's, it's because of those two lines, man. They're so well composed. Yeah. The relationship is very much a utilitarian relationship.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And for both of them.
0: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's worth naming with this kind of combination if you find yourself in this kind of relationship mm-hmm. is there's going to be a lot of utility there. Yeah. And that can be good, that can be bad. That's how it is, though. Um, I, can, I could ramble on all the other uh, you know, Silence of the Lambs quotes, which are fantastic, but all I'm not them, going yeah. to. Which brings us it, to our last combination, which is threes, sixes, th- uh, three six nines and one four sevens. Um, so we got the pragmatists and the idealists, which is actually the best combination.
2: Yeah, it's it's I, <laughs> it's
0: my favorite. Uh. <laughs> I have I have a double interest in this <laughs> because I am married to a three, and I am clearly engaged with fantastic work with uh, T.J. Wilson, who is a nine. So uh, any initial thoughts on this combination? So I was thinking
2: about this the other day, and one of the things that you and I joke about a lot, let me rephrase that. One of the things that I joke about a lot is that um, when we are dealing with people, I expect people to behave... Okay, this kind of doesn't work because what I usually say as the joke is that I expect the worst from people and you expect the best from people.
0: Yes, it's true.
2: The practicality of it is that I expect people to behave the way that they showcase that they will behave (laughs) when you expect them to be the best possible version of themselves. This is true. Entirely true. So this like pragmatist, like I expect what I have seen from people. And you expect them to be the best possible version of themselves.
0: I had a discussion with a good friend of mine about the election coming up. Yeah. And my answer about the election coming up is 100% idealism. Yeah, it is. And she's a five. And her... (laughs) response was entirely pessimistic yeah and i'm like no 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 here's all the positives and she's like you have not been paying attention Mm. (laughs) yeah and that that's exactly right is the there is a grounding here but it's not necessarily grounding in the same way the 258 would for the idealist this is different
2: right because we are attaching to what we think is the most practical
0: yeah thing
2: uh so so like whatever works the best for me to gain autonomy and control over my space that is the thing that i am attaching to and you're constantly trying to draw out the best of the things that i'm attaching to you're trying to draw out the best of me which means i have to detach from my comfort Mm. because you're drawing out the best yeah possible version of me yeah um oh
0: that's good that's good I'm like, yeah yeah i thought about that in ter- the i don't know what else to say except for that's an epiphany because <laughs> that works for threes as well right I, I don't have sixes i need to work on and obviously we've talked about this that i think reactive types have a hard time yep. engaging one another mm-hmm. but i but threes who are looking for the praise yeah at least the one is going to come in and say, "This is the type of praise you should seek." Yep. The rest is trash, right? And I'm going to judge you on that and make you feel like a failure for seeking the praise that's trash,
2: right? Well, and in in a good and healthy environment, you are going to be able to offer praise that is worth offering.
0: Yeah, and that's why a three wants praise from right a one, right? Why does a praise? what is what would a three want from a seven or a four
2: I I'm the same thing that but um for f- like they still want that kind of praise they want the attention, but- pr- from a four they're looking for a, a a perhaps a particular like that that is what the four can bring is is a particular uniqueness yeah like you were great because of this unique thing right a seven four joyful, like opportunistic kind of the praise is about m- moving in a
0: direction. Yeah. 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 What is, uh, on the, yeah. And that's why I see a lot of folks in entertainment mm-hmm. have that three, seven Yeah, can get together and really just, you know, they can dominate the world. Sure. You know, yeah. the, you get the, you get two healthy folks. In that uh, with those types, they can just do a lot, uh, a lot. Um, What's the negative side on this type of relationship
2: Uh, that they can, the idealism can be viewed as impractical by the pragmatists and um, the, the, the attachment to the practicality is a frustration to, the idealist Yeah, there's
0: going to be the tension there that's natural between
2: right what's practical what's ideal we've joked about this before the the fact that you want to throw away everything and i want to keep everything i come from hoarders you were focused on what we need right now to accomplish the thing that we're doing right now and there's um in for you you were trying to reach an ideal yeah that like like we need to accomplish these things with our space and we don't need to keep all of this stuff which is holding us back from that.
0: We by the way, we work in the same building and, and so we have a business relationship. And so what do you do with the business space? Right. I have an ideal of this is the best possible way the space could work right. and look. Right. And you have a yeah, but that's not necessarily practical all the time. Right. Here are the tools and resources that we need to get from here to there.
2: Exactly. And that is a tension that we have to figure out how to manage. And because, because we love each other, we have worked on that. If we didn't care about each other, then like the, practical, like the, the way that that relationship might play out is us just constantly butting heads about it.
0: A yeah. couple pop culture uh personalities here. Star Trek the next generation has the captain who is Picard, who is a one. Green. Um, and Data, who is always mistyped as a five, is actually a six. He's loyal, he needs direction, he earns the security. Okay. And he's very aware of the relationships around him. But that energy is in exactly the same. It's mm. a, here's the ideal, here's what's gonna keep us safe. And moving forward from there. Yeah. Uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler in their various ways that they do entertainment have this. Tina Fey is a one. Amy Poehler is a three. And they end up having that push pull um, in terms of all their characters, it seems to me. And uh, the only romantic relationship I could see, which I've referenced before, is Jamie Lannister and Brianna Tarth. Brianna being a one and Jamie Lannister being a three. Um, but you were saying this: the idealist there is pulling out the best self of the three. Mm-hmm. When you get a chance to see the Game of Thrones, which what was it? It was only five hundred bucks. If we right. if we want to do that, yep, <laughs> and I'll watch the whole series.
2: Keep and keep be it furious at the eighth season, just like everyone else. <laughs> no. Eighth, ninth, so tenth, actually, I have no idea. This is how out of touch I
0: am. This romantic relationship is real interesting in the eighth season. It has terrible elements that didn't get executed well, and then there are some stuff that you're just like. Damn, they nailed this. This is so good. Sure. So for those of you who've seen this, the last scene with Brianne ends up being that's gold. That's just gold on the idealistic side. Um, and notice in that last scene with Brianne that she is meeting the three in praise. Um The uh, partnership I want to talk about, though, is Doc and Marty from the Back to the Future. Marty, uh, in one scene, says... uh, This is the very last scene. Hey, Doc,
1: we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88.
0: Because he's a six. Yeah. And Marty is a six. Uh, The whole... If you watch the whole trilogy, there's very much that overcoming fear element to his character. And Doc Brown, being the seven, says...
2: Where we're going
0: we don't need roads right. which every seven in the world wants to say that yeah. line i bet it's i like, feel like i've
2: heard every seven <laughs> i know say that like that's one of the things that they just keep in their back
0: pocket the ending before he when they're in 1955 and they're about to jump back to the future just knowing that I'm going to be around to see 1985 and that I'm going to succeed in this. I'm going to have to, a chance to travel through time because he's a seven. Uh, it's going to be really hard waiting these 30 years. So I can talk to you about everything. And Marty says, I'm really going to miss you. And he's the six that wants to communicate. There's things that are wrong. He says, doc about the future. And Brown says, no, We've already agreed. Information about the future can be extremely dangerous. Even if your intentions are good, it can backfire drastically. Both of them are security seekers. Yeah. Yep, they're both head triad six yeah. and seven. It is just so that that banter between the six and the seven there of the practical and the idealist. It just seems to me to work. I, I was surprised at how little Marty in the in the actual dialogue that those two characters have, his six doesn't come out that much. Mm-hmm. His six comes out all over the place when he's talking to his girlfriend, right. when he's talking to his dad. Right. And 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 he's clearly the hero of that movie. Mm-hmm. And you see the fear there, but the seven comes into his life. And it's really, that's when you see the Doc Brown character. Anyway, thoughts on uh, Back to the Future?
2: <sighs> I mean, <laughs> I have all kinds of thoughts about Back, back to the Future. Uh, but that, I think that's a a great representation of like the ways that the idealism of those of uh, like idealistic types can propel the pragmatists into things that they weren't thinking about before. Yeah, there
0: it is. It's it's come into this yeah picture.
2: Yeah, and and like stop worrying about what's practical and let's go have an adventure. Yep. Um, and, and not even necessarily just the sevens. It's, it's, it's about moving into places that, that we, the pragmatists are like, why would I go there? I know what works already. Yeah. 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 And the idealists are going to be able to draw the pragmatists into unknown spaces yeah. that they wouldn't natural yep. n- naturally enter.
0: Of all things, you're describing the relationship of my beloved stepfather who passed away two or three years ago and my beloved mom who passed away just a few months ago, and that was their dynamic. It's yep. a 7-9 dynamic. I hadn't put that together, but it's entirely who they were yeah. in terms of the 7 who's here's the adventure and the 9 who here's what's practical, and that's energy. There's great mm-hmm. energy there. Um, and finding the balance. I think that's our message for this <laughs> <laughs> entire set of triads is there's relationships. This is how you connect with people. And the message for us is to balance, um, our primary needs with their primary needs. And you're probably going to come out with some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anything else on, uh, on that, on those two triads?
2: I can't think of anything right now. So.
0: Um that was my big win for just this study. I yeah. I imagine this is something that we're going to return to a bunch cuz yeah. I know you and I have said this a handful of times together is that there's no literature on this. Right. We are we are jumping into areas that just there literally is about two pages, three pages in all of the Enneagram books right. on the not only these triads but how these triads interact and so you and i are both really excited about this material Mm -hmm. i imagine we're going to keep coming back to it because i have personally found especially in counseling Mm -hmm. um people in my life who are either working together or in marriages that man this is where it actually is at yeah
2: this is a place where the breakdown starts if you
0: understand how your motivations work Um, with your frustration how you reject or how you attach Mm -hmm. that's the beginning to really finding healthy traction yep we communicate through twitter at Enneagram Circle and on Instagram at Around the Circle Podcast. The music is by The Collection at Greensboro, North Carolina. And Tim Coons, who is from right here in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, The best thing you can do to help us out is to subscribe. Take two seconds. Subscribe for us. And the next best thing you can do is send us some love either on Facebook or by recommending this podcast. Any comments that are said on you know, iTunes or the rest, we read those. They're a huge encouragement to us, and we're really thankful for them. We are presently booked through 2019. We have begun setting up events in 2020. We actually have a handful, and so we're thankful for those of you who have contacted us. We do one-day and two-day events for up to 250 people and leadership teams for up to 20 If you really like the podcast, do share this with people you care about. Allow this to be one of those places that connects you with other people. That seems to me to be the best use of this podcast is in community. He's TJ Wilson. He is officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook. Be who you were meant to be, and you're going to set the world on fire.